You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hi, my name is Faye Toza, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Our guest today is an award-winning singer and actress who's been part of one of the leading British bands for over 20 years. As a member of Steps, she's released some of the biggest pop hits including Tragedy, 5678 and their fantastic hit Scared of the Dark. Not happy with making it just to the top of the music charts though, she set centre stage to take starring roles in musicals including Tell Me on a Sunday, Me and My Girl and most recently Everybody's Talking About Jamie, marking a full 360 as she returns to her original theatrical roots. As Steps releases their latest album What the Future Holds, it's time to talk bringing pop to the stage, being best mates with drag queens and a certain Steps musical with Faye Tozer up next on Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Just to let you know, due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, Faye and I connected digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Hi Faye, it's William, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, it's so, so nice to see you. I feel like any time that I've had any form of contact with you this year, it's been digitally, so it's so nice to be able to see your face and get to talk. I know, and it is nice to see your face, because I haven't seen your face for a long time. I can't even remember the last time that we did see you in person, goodness. I'm trying to think before, I think, I think I'm right in saying it was the What's On Stage Awards, which I believe were February, March time. Yeah, just before lockdown, my last glam event, in fact. I came with my friend Dan to see you when you were just after the show itself, but it was in your hotel room and I ended up humming along to step songs and you were like, are you singing step songs? And I was like, no, 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 no. And you were very kind in not telling me off. So yeah, thank you for that. That was a crazy room, actually. Oti Mabuse was in yes. there um, getting ready. Dan, obviously, as well. Um, and then it just became the room that everyone went to. So we had traffic and all sorts of faces and names going in and out going, oh my God. And how crazy it was that everybody was interlinked in some way. And we were like, that. how do you know them? And how do you know them? Yeah. It was so much fun. Can't wait till we can do that again. I know. It just seems so alien. And you watch these sort of video clips of award ceremonies and theatre shows and you're like, you wouldn't be able to do that now. I mean... You wouldn't be able to even, I mean, I don't even think you'd be able to take an award from one person to another, but soon, I know this progress, yeah, fingers crossed. Exactly. Well, things need to get back to normal because we need to go see you and Steps live. So that needs to happen very, very soon. That yeah, coronavirus needs to bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a second because this is an arts and theatre podcast. And some people will be very well aware that you've had this amazing career outside of Steps as a leading lady, as an actress and as a performer and I just wanted today to jump into some of those things and just talk about I guess what it's like having I guess a second branch to your career and, and how exciting and rewarding I know this has been for you and the last sort of thing that you did on stage which I saw you twice and you're absolutely fantastic was everybody's talking about Jamie playing yeah. Miss Head which I think is one of those roles where in 10-15 years time hopefully the show will still be going then we'll look back and think wasn't that such a fantastic show and in particular such a fantastic role? Did you have as much fun as it looked like you were on stage? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a funny one for me because having done so much theatre and being leading ladies and what have you, it kind of being a cameo, I, I wouldn't usually take on a cameo role of that sort of size. But then when I went to see the show before I did my audition, she was such an integral part of the story. And actually, you know, quite fine. I, I could just be really exciting. And then um, watching the actual show, I didn't know what to expect musically from it. And it blew me away. And um, Leighton Williams, who was our um, leading man at the time, he was just so explosive. He was a triple threat, you know. I mean, the ability of him as well was amazing. And it just, it got, I just got sucked in. And then I did my audition the next day and I was just full of passion and excitement. And um, yeah, they, they wanted me. So I was, yeah, over the moon. And I met so many incredible friends on it. And it was such an important story. And so it was such a good conversation opener as well and my uh, Benjamin's uh, local school um, had an LGBTQ class club come down to see me all the way from up north where I'm wow. based and it, it just opened so many doors and so many conversations and I absolutely loved it absolutely loved it and musically as well it's, it's a very different show because it feels like this sort of pop come musical theatre sound which is actually quite fresh isn't it hearing pop music on stage obviously it has a theatrical element but for you as, as a recording artist that must be quite nice to get to sort of merge the two in a way. Well it's quite interesting because um, people perceive me I think in the industry or what I've read um, uh, is that um, you know in the pop world I sound too musical theatre and in the musical world I sound too pop so... <laughs> Yeah. Many, uh, many interesting sort of um, judgments, I guess. So, so it was really lovely to marry the two and just have a good old belt on stage. Um, but for me, you know, I, I really love the acting side of musical theatre. It's when you become somebody else. Um, I love the fact that we had um, a dialect coach as well to, you know, perfect the Sheffield yes. specific area as well. And she would pull us up and, and you know, couple, every couple of weeks she'd come in and say, well, no, that wasn't quite the right vowel sound. You need to, you know, get back to what we started with. So it's, it's an amazing production. It really is. And... Um, for everybody backstage as well because sometimes in theatre they tell the story on stage but it doesn't relate to who is backstage working with you mm. and it's such a colourful rainbow backstage as well as on stage and I thought that was a really really important thing. Absolutely and I, I feel like people you know get that when they come and see the show it feels like a full 360 experience in terms yeah. of representation which as as you put and as you say it's sort of the world that we live in it, it should be that way it's exciting that theatre can do that is it is it nice for you to get to flex your creative bone and being an actor as well because I guess we're so used to seeing you singing but that is something that you've been very successful at as well is it nice to get to play somebody else yeah, absolutely. Yes, I do get my foot in the door, first of all, because of, of you know, from, from the name steps. But, you know, if I can't do the job, they don't give me the role. So um, I've also had to earn my stripes as well. Mm. And I've certainly learnt um, from my directors and my musical um, directors as well. Um, and I'm constantly learning about my voice and how to challenge myself as an actress. But I, I you know, I wanted to be an actress first of all when yeah. I was growing up. So that was my first love. It just happened that steps was the way that I had to go round to get it. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, dis no disrespect to steps. But um, I love just, um, just, 
you know, just falling into that lovely rabbit hole of becoming somebody else and picking things apart and how it develops in live theatre. So, um, oh, sorry, that's the dog. <laughs> also as well, I think it's, it's such a complex role. I think, you know, if you weren't up to the job, if your acting skills weren't at a specific level, which they very clearly were, I think it would be very difficult to be able to play her because she has so many different complexities, including personal self-doubt. And that's quite a hard trait to be able to show on stage. She's obviously desperate to have someone love her she's obviously struggling with her own sort of levels of acceptance and that in itself you know makes a really meaty and juicy role for you to get to portray yeah and also what she um what she actually believes she feels she's um uh, in these children and in fact she's trying to protect them you know and kind of doing it with a cruel love as well as mm. um you know trying to stick within the rules and and be yeah. um blatant and say you know the world outside isn't all you know um unicorns and made rainbows and glitter it's really not someone's going to shout you down you need to be prepared for that and just because your classmates allow you to fly and flourish it doesn't mean that that's what's outside the front door what did being in the show teach you perhaps about your own approach to the outside world or to acceptance or perhaps judgment because i think you go into that show seeing and thinking things and then taking it away with you and it does sort of play on your mind for a while afterwards it makes you sort of self-evaluate i think i just really loved being immersed in a whole cast of um, incredible talent and I really felt like with the cast of Jamie um, it was so very inclusive and I think the conversations you know made me talk about those conversations outside more as well and I don't you know I think I've grown up um, with enough sort of colourful characters from all over the world, you know, different types of religion, sexualities, you know, heritages, all, you know, all these things. But I think it was so lovely to have it in the same room and listen to um, opinions, actually, and controversial conversations that they had within the cast themselves as well. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was a big eye-opener and I feel kind of um, more educated for it. Did you know Michelle Visage before you were in the show itself? Because I know that you guys have become really good friends. Yeah, I was speaking to her last night. We're supposed to be FaceTiming later. Um, yeah, this is a crazy thing. Michelle and I have suddenly um, connected in the world. And I knew of her because she did, I'm sure she did um, Big Brother with Claire. So that was my first contact with her. Then um, she was Miss Hedge, and then she went on to be um, Giovanni's partner in Strictly, um, who'd I'd been partner the year previous. So we seem to be playing sort of work tag at the moment. Um, and then she contacted me, um, it must have been at the beginning of Strictly, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Michelle's on the phone. <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> and um, we just had some really good band, had some fun. And then I got her involved with some of the Steps promotion as well, because, you know, she's, she's such a great girl and mm. um, she loves our music and she knows all of us a lot anyway. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's a, been a crazy connection, but she's so much fun and I love her. And she really does love your music. I mean, you only have to look on her social media to see that she's a proper fan. Like, she's not faking it. This is a real love of you guys. Well, 
yeah, I know, which was a surprise, but it was also a surprise when um, RuPaul um, had mentioned us on Twitter when we first released Scared of the Dark as well. Yes. I mean, for a lot of us, you know, the little squeal inside going on. Has she, um, or has even RuPaul tried to get you as a judge on the show? Has that ever been discussed? Oh, not yet, but I'm so there with bells on, even backstage. I'd quite happily go and watch. I'm a huge fan. I'm very excited that we've got season two UK coming up as yes. well. Definitely, so definitely. yeah, no, no, I'm there with bells on when I get the call. And you Ready. did get two of your own Rue girls who I know want, uh, well, both of them actually are very good friends of yours. Vinegar, who was in the show on the UK, and also Bianca Del Rio, who you worked with in the show. And I've heard lots of stories about how you guys literally just became best friends. Yeah, so um, Bianca is um, a very dear friend. And we kind of talk on, on WhatsApp at the moment, or or she um, will make rude comments on my Twitter feed or what have you. And I, <laughs> yeah, it was because we started rehearsing at the same time for Jamie. Um, we'd be in the same room, we were in the same boat, we're the same age, um, and um, we just clicked, you know. She is such a kind and giving queen, she really is. I love her completely, but as Roy as well, you yes. know, just, um, yeah, it was just one of those crazy things that it's just, yeah, why would we know each other? And then just, we had the best time, and he's so naughty, and he would take me out and, you know, we'd go for drinks after rehearsals, what have you, and just so much fun. And I'm actually looking forward to the end of lockdown when I can pop over on a plane and go and have cocktails by the pool. That's a very showbiz tale, that's a very... As you do, in his caftans as well. The, the, the rule is you have to wear a caftan when you're at his place, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I do actually have a um, question that I want to play to you, which comes from somebody that I did just mention. So I hope you're going to be able to hear it. But this is a fun question for you. Hello, Faye Toza. It's me, Vinegar Strokes. How are you? <laughs> Sending you lots of love. Congratulations on the brand new album. It's an absolute blinder. Now, I thought I'd call in because I'm a huge, huge fan of Lisa Scott Lee. So um, as a fan, obviously working with your former colleague and everybody's talking about Jamie, I just wondered if you could just give us a couple of bars of the rap. You know what I'm talking about, my love, the rap. Oh my God. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God, I literally can't. That's hilarious. Dan is so naughty. So um, Lisa, when she came over to Dubai, from Dubai, um, she came to see the show. So um, Miss Mock and Vinegar and Lisa and I went and had far too many cocktails down the road and had the best <laughs> night. So yeah, that's where that comes from. Also, um, thank you to Dan for the support on the um, album as well. He's been tweeting like mad and social media and he's, yeah, he, he genuinely, so, so um, we recorded um, the album um, as I was in Jamie. So okay. he would hear me rehearsing the numbers and the demos and stuff before I'd go into the studio. And he's like, oh no, I like this one. <laughs> yeah, bless him. In terms of West End debut, it's right in saying that this wasn't your West End debut because you did, you did a show there before, is that right? That's right. It was um, Saucy Jack and the Space Fixing back in, gosh, do you have the year there? 2007? No, before then, I think it was. So, okay, so I usually go through my biography, so we did. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me on the Sunday, 2004. Yes. Love Shack, 2005. Uh, 2000 and Love Shack went on forever. Then um, 2007, I think it was... Was it Ava Cassidy? Was it me and my girl? Oh, no, 2005 was um, Eva Cassidy. Yeah. But then I did that three times. Mm -hmm. And then we did um, Me and My Girl. Me and My Girl. 
And then after that was... Did you do Rhinestone Mondays? Goodness, I did. <gasps> with H. That yes. was an interesting ride. Didn't <laughs> ever expect to work with him outside of the, the band. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, lots. But um, uh, sort of Jack and the Space Vixens was um, a kind of... It was a surprise. That was after me and my girl, actually. Mm -hmm. Was it? Um, in terms of the, the Tailor Made Man, when was that? Uh, Taylor Made Man was straight after a Steps concert, so I think that was in 2013-ish. Okay, okay. It was, it was just after our big reunion tour, because that was at the Arts Theatre, so yeah. Source Jack and the Space Vixens was actually years before, and that was at the, um, where's, where's, what's it called now? The venue where um, they had to boo on originally. It's like downstairs, and like, yes. and it, it was like a cabaret sort of, um, setting. Mm. I know what you mean. Oh gosh, what's the one? Yeah, but um, Tailor Made Man, yeah, that was back in 2013. That was at the Arts Club. Yeah, that was amazing as well. That was a really interesting piece to do. Because all these these shows are very different in terms of approach. I mean, talk about taking on a challenge. You really do sort of like to test yourself and sort of flex your creative bone a little bit. How do you make decisions on what you work on? So I think um, a lot of it goes... Um, with um do i like the character i'm going up for okay. <laughs> do, I, do i think i could i could put my own spin on it yeah um do i think yeah do i think i can make it my own um is it something that would as you say like flex my sort of uh, capabilities and challenge myself um i get put up for a lot of things that are very sort of classic pieces as well i guess that's because i've got a classic face and i wear a wig well <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do, I think I always want to do something different that I haven't done before. Um, so I do try to, yeah, shake it up. I've had a few offers just recently for auditions and the parts haven't really blown me away. Okay. It's like I have to be excited about the character before I take... But it's funny because when I did um, Singing in the Rain, um, I really wasn't sure that I wanted to do that. I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to be Lena because Lena's the underdog and I kind of, I know this sounds, I don't know, up my own what now, but you know, I, I was surprised that I wasn't up for, you know, mm. Kathy. And so, so when I went in for the audition, I, um, I think I fell in love with her because I could, it was kind of a bit more outlandish than I'd ever been. And vocally it was going to be a challenge to sort of, as nasty as possible as well and and I think um my I, I really enjoy doing comedy as well so so yeah I love that I love the idea of you going into an audition and almost not necessarily wanting a part but then falling in love with it and having a whole journey with something that I guess you once resisted that feels so authentic and feels really sort of grassroots I, I wanted her to be sort of a lov lovable underdog not this sort of crass superfluous sort of character that's just waltzing and being nasty and being horrible I you know I, I really needed to find find out why I would want to be her so yeah. yeah that was fun when you did tell me on a Sunday which is such a signature piece like I feel like everybody knows the songs everybody knows the show itself did you get to have a connection with Andrew Lord Webber did you ever meet him or work with him so I, I didn't know and it's an interesting thing that was the first ever um piece of theatre that I did, musical theatre I did, first thing that I did outside of um, Steps in fact, um, and it was literally head first, you know, what do you want to do, do you want to just do a one woman show, it's like mm. crikey, okay, um, and 
I would love to do it again with the uh, knowledge that I have now, the experience that I have now, and also with, you know, how um, more in control of my vocals I am and how I would want to play with the songs nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like I was very raw, but I think at the time also, um, the character needs to be vulnerable. Um, and um, the way it had been rewritten as well at the time was very conversational um and um was more of an acty thing rather than a singy thing <laughs> so yeah that was interesting but no i haven't actually I've, I've not i mean bill kenwright is is a pal that i keep bumping into left right and center <laughs> andrew lloyd Webber, not yet <laughs> in terms of music and getting to to create new music it's such a cathartic experience but i imagine this year more than ever i mean the idea of releasing an album during a global pandemic seems almost like a silly thing but actually you guys have been so incredibly successful and well received have you found that the creative experience this year has been different at all we had the whole album finished before lockdown we were just ready to go with the promotion of it and we had a phone call from america um just saying guys i think we're going to go into lockdown you need to give us the um answer do you want to go ahead with it or not and we were like it was two days of conversations actually with management and with the band and also because the um the um title track what the future holds we didn't know whether that would be really sort of disrespectful to people um whether it would be taken the wrong way and it was literally just coincidence yeah um um, so we had to sit on our hands and it was really tough because we'd already, you know, done a few teasers on social media that something, something was coming and we'd seen the cuts and we'd heard the edits and it was just, it was really hard actually. But then um, obviously everyone was going through lockdown. Everyone was experiencing changes and having to adapt and work things out and find out where we were in the world and what we were supposed to be doing with ourselves. Um, and then we had the lucky um, chance of getting together in September, physically, the whole band in the room, um, obviously um, under the right guidelines and tested mm -hmm. and what have you. But we had um, the most amazing like few weeks of getting loads of promotion, um, lots of recorded things in the bag, lots of social media things together. And the fact that we actually did get to do this um, was just incredible. And the way that BMG, um, we're signed to BMG with this record, um, the way that they supported us as such a huge machine and the excitement of how the build-up of the release of the album, it was just brilliant. And I think we, you know, we've all needed something to look forward to like that. Um, when we've been talking in um, uh, promo together, you know, H and I have, have been talking about how, you know, we've leaned on Lady Gaga's Grammatica for, for like our pop kick that we needed or Dua Lipa or whatever. And there's, there's been some, you know, great music out there, but to actually for us to be able to do it, it's just been uh, just brilliant. It's been exceptionally um, welcomed into people's hearts, which um, we absolutely love. I'm always amazed at how there's a theatricality between theatre work and Steps itself. I'm always amazed at how there is this lovely sort of bond between the two where they do sort of sit almost arm in arm. And I feel that's sort of why we love it. I mean, when you come and see a Steps concert, it's like, it's like pop, but it's theatre as well. And that must be quite exciting. Yeah, um, I think, you know, we were never going to be your average band. And we've, <laughs> we, I mean, we joke about never have been, uh, never being in fashion, I guess. Um, and I think because 
because of that, we will never go out of fashion potentially. Yeah. I think you know what I'm trying to say, but it's yeah. just like we we consider it a show rather than a lifestyle. Um, and I think, you know, we thoroughly enjoy, you know, putting on the tours and, you know, what goes on behind stage and the lighting states and the themes and the costumes. You know, I think we're all very, very creative in that sort of way. So maybe that's part of it. And yeah, as I say, maybe because we, we consider it to be uh, uh, an entertaining mm. show rather than a band, I guess. Yeah, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I think it's what makes you guys unique because I don't really feel like anybody else does that. And I think when you can find something that feels authentic, but also individual, that's where with everything, that's where you shine. And I think the theatricality of it is, it's always so impressive, even down to, you know, like the, the cake, the sort of the wedding cake that you guys did. It's, <laughs> it's like, that's amazing. Like that's clever. That's smart. So yeah, more, more of that, please. So much um, fun, I know. So much to look forward to and prepare for, yeah. <laughs> I know um, that Lisa spoke recently about um, the fact that you guys are developing a musical, and I know there's not too much that you can talk about just at this stage. You've always said it's going to happen at some point, and it's exciting that we are finally going to get that fix. <laughs> so I don't know how much I'm actually allowed to say about this, but, um, you know, if if it does happen, if it does go ahead, you know, we have always said that we want to um, back it. We didn't like the music, but it's our music. Mm. Um, and um, it means a lot to us and our, just everything that we stand for. We can't just put anything out. It needs to be something that we believe in that then we can back and that has um, quality. Um, you know, whatever crazy story it happens to be, you know, it, it needs to be something because we've got theatrical people within the, in the, I was going to say in the cast, in the band, you know, and we've all got, um, yeah, we, we genuinely care about what goes out. So, so yeah, that's why it's probably not been out there yet. That's a very good answer, by the way. But going, because I know that there is, there's been musicals before, like unofficial ones. And I know that it's definitely not this unofficial one that there's been talked about Princess Diana and stuff. It's not that. I know, but what a brilliant idea was that. When we heard that, we were like, that. oh my God, that's crazy. But. <laughs> How would it work? I mean, you know? I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it would be the right thing, really. Like politically and like what have you it wouldn't be right for us to do that but what a genius idea though it, it made us laugh for a while <laughs> yeah okay my final question for you and, and that is looking forward I'm a big believer in sort of manifesting things and saying do you know what I'd really like to do this I'd really like to do that yeah absolutely um and the thing is you know even though you can put things out there you never know what's around the corner and that's what I love about this industry as well but um you know I haven't had a chance to do Chicago yet and that, that I'd like to, to do before I, my hips go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be so Who would much you be, fun. though? Which one of the girls? Do you know what, though? I'd like to be either or, really, okay. because I've, I feel like I really love the Velma feistiness. But the thing is, Roxy is always the one that they go for. So who knows? Maybe we need to get a double celebrity cast and yes. uh, see if we can sort out some sort of duet with someone so I can be Velma instead. Um, you and Bianca Del Rio side one, by side. Yeah, oh my God, I'm going to so tell him that later. Um, and uh, so the other one that I really want to get my teeth into one day um, would be Cabaret as well. I'd, I'd love to do a Sally Bowles one day. That's um, that's on the list. Faye, it's such a pleasure to talk to you about this amazing career that you've had. And I love the fact that we get to explore a whole different side of you, not just in the band, but also when you're on stage. So please keep coming back to the theatre. I know you're very passionate about it, but just thank you so much for your time.
Oh, not at all. And just to everybody out there who has been struggling, um, just keep your chins up. We're going to get through this. It's going to be absolutely fine. We just have to hold on a little bit longer. And just well done for everybody being so creative and keeping it together and still being able to entertain everybody how, how, how they have done. It's just been, um, I've been so proud to be part of this community. So um, big love to everyone. Thank you so much. Stay safe and I'll see you very soon. Thanks, lovely. Nice to see you. You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at club11.london or via our official social channel. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.